Hello and welcome to your daily dose of commentary. Today we start with the topic, is this why GTA 6 won't have a PC port at release? So there was a little bit of discussion on Twitter because a former developer for Rockstar said a bunch of stuff, um, largely speculation, but this is some commentary on that that caught my eye. Nick Tech says, former Rockstar dev saying Rockstar Games doesn't have the resources to make a PC port of GTA 6 at launch is a blatant lie, considering the fact that Take 2 annual revenue was increased 52.64% compared to 2022. Like, while I'm sure Rockstar has other reasons for delaying a PC port, you know, you know, they can essentially double dip, sell the game twice. It's not the case that just having more money means that you can do more stuff. As a person who has a bit of money and who would be perfectly willing to pay more people to do things, it's hard to find the right people for the job. It's not like Rockstar has just like a Rockstar 2 off to the side that they could just give more money to and get the exact same quality product as they would if they did it themselves. They learned that from Grove Street Games. And if you've seen any of the commentary around the more recent ports, the mobile ports of some of the earlier GTA titles, they are way better because they found someone else to work on those titles. Rockstar can't just be like, money, and then just have, you know, infinite resources. The resources are more than simply money. And so I don't agree with this argument that Rockstar has unlimited development resources because they have a lot of money. But I do agree that Rockstar is more than likely just prioritizing what makes them the most money. They are a company after all. I went to Melbourne for a Christmas party. So I missed two days of streaming. And that was because I went down to Melbourne for a Christmas party kind of thing with, I guess, my management org people, the power org, which I, I'm kind of in, but kind of not. And I guess Laserbeam and his crew. I think it was like 30 of us there. People that I vaguely know. It was fun to the degree that I, I'm happy I went, but it wasn't like a life altering experience or something. <laughs> It's hard for a Christmas party to be that way, but it was uh, enjoyable and they're nice people. It's just unfortunate that because I am in Sydney, it requires such a huge investment to, you know, fly down there and then fly back the next day. One interesting experience from the trip though, was when I was landing in Melbourne, the pilot failed to land and had to take off again. He claims because there was some wind or something. But the experience of, yes, I'm finally getting off this plane. Holy hell, this is awful. I'm so hungry. And then just about to land and having to take off again, having to fly up there for like 20 minutes, whatever, as he like flies and turns all the way around to come back in. I was true hell, absolutely awful. I've never flown with uh, Virgin Airways before and I probably won't again. I always fly with Qantas because when I was first flying, I looked up, what is the safest airways company or whatever? So I looked up the safest airline and Qantas was said to be the one that had never crashed. I was like, oh good, I'll fly with them. I actually heard it referenced recently in the movie Rain Man from 1988 or something. Tom Cruise's character in the movie is like, every airline crashes sometimes. What, you, you, you can't just not go on an airline because they crash sometimes. They're, they're very, very safe. Every airline crashes. And the dude's like, Qantas. Qantas? Qantas never crashed. Qantas? And Tom Cruise is like, well, we, we can't go to Australia to fly on Qantas. There's no Qantas flight from where we are. We're not going to go to Australia to get on a Qantas flight. I thought that was very funny. And that was in like 1988. It's now 2023 and they're still keeping up that, uh, that streak of never crashing. Other than that, the one thing that stands out from being down there is that Laserbeam, Laserbeam, his real name's Lennon. Um, Lennon talked to me about that drama I got in with Cadence, the editor dude, a few weeks ago. And I had that conversation with multiple different people throughout the night that apparently that drama 
went across their radar, and so they were all discussing it, and how they didn't think Cadence acted very good, and thought he was largely in the wrong, unsurprisingly. But it was a very awkward conversation for me, because I, 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 I want to be that guy who's just like, you yeah, fuck that dude, I was completely blameless, I am just the best, and everyone else is wrong, but I'm just not that kind of guy. I do accept that I could have acted in different ways to have avoided the situation entirely. If we're divvying the blame, I'd put 20% on myself, and so I have to admit that whenever anyone's uh, uh, saying to me, like, oh, you, you, you're fine, you're flawless, I'm like, nah, I'm not, man. I could have communicated it better. There was definitely a miscommunication, and it takes two to tango. It just clearly wasn't something that deserved or should have been thrown onto Twitter within like less than a day in which an argument occurred. As I said at the time, like uh, Cadence was definitely doing himself a disservice because it gets around that you're kind of this way, that the second there's some sort of disagreement that you're throwing uh, the garbage on Twitter, that it did him no good. Whether it did me some good that people are talking about me or whatever, I I'm not sure, but it's not something I particularly wanted. I do forget though that Lazerbeam follows me on Twitter. I, I do forget sometimes that there are some of the more upper echelon people who do follow me on Twitter. And so, you know, if I'm mouthing off or getting into some drama, it's it's going to be the case that some of these people will see it. Although they won't likely comment on, on it publicly. Maybe I should keep that in mind, but eh. As is usually the case when I'm down anywhere with TGG, we're a part of the same management group. And so if there's any sort of event related to my management group, we'll both be there. I'll get to hang out, which is cool. Like the dude, obviously. He will usually end up taking pictures of me and putting them on Twitter because I, I look very funny in photos. And so this is the first one that he put where he says, met this guy, but he won't stop telling me about cougars in missions. How do I make him stop? And there's me with like a bonbon crown on me that's purple. I look terrible in this picture. I'm not centered. The lighting's terrible. What type of camera took this? Terrible. So I said, this picture is awful. You should feel bad. And he should. Awful. Bad. But thank you. He then took this picture. This man slaps your girl's ass. What do you do? There's me looking weird. And so I said, these random Twitter accounts posting random pictures with questions to farm engagement have gone too far. And Ned Luke, a guy who has some interest in my attire, posts underneath. I'm just happy to see you own a shirt with sleeves. Five stars. He got 11k likes for that. that. He got more likes than I did for the picture. The dude ratioed me by commenting that I, I was finally wearing a shirt. Funny dude. And one last picture from the night. While I was looking for somewhere to eat, I saw on my Google Maps or whatever, this place called Mrs. Beast Burger. It was the exact same Mr. Beast logo, but it's changed to Mrs. Beast. I said, this feels like a scam, feels like a trap to take my organs. I mean, considering that Mr. Beast is involved in a lawsuit with the actual Mr. Beast burger, this is just like another level of shadiness that's happening with his brand, which I'm sure he doesn't appreciate. Other than that, I don't think anything of particular note happened or that I would tell you guys about. It was just a Christmas party and I'm back and that's good. GTA The Definitive Edition is better on mobile than on PC. I am not sure I should talk about this for reasons that will become apparent soon, but I will touch on it. Check out some screenshots of GTA SA, the definitive edition, running max settings on iPhone 13 Pro Max. And the game, from what everyone is saying, looks really good. As in, the most recent release of the definitive edition on mobile phones is better than the one that is on PC right now. And I believe it's fairly confirmed that the reason for this is that it's not Grove Street Games that are making this. It's some other group that Rockstar has hired for this purpose. Video Games Deluxe, formerly known as Bondi Games, made it. Gotcha. And so a lot of the issues with the Definitive Edition have now been fixed specifically for mobile, which I'm not sure how I feel about that. I hope some of these fixes come to PC. It does seem as though Rockstar is very much so taking the 
sort of mobile market seriously makes me wonder if they're going to have more integrations with GTA 6 for the mobile market or perhaps that they're going to expand and get GTA 4 on mobile as well if that's even possible interesting stuff mobile is just such a big market you know if you uh, companies I guess just feel if they can get into it in any capacity they would do so Rockstar Games collaborated with Twitch so this was a really interesting development Rockstar Games tweeted out GTA RP week on Twitch December 15 to 21 we're excited to team up with Twitch on their biggest subscription giveaway ever, gifting more than 600,000 subs in the GTA 5 category. See some of the GTA RP community's best featured on the Twitch homepage. I am not sure if it is possible for me to be given these subs. Like someone just said they subbed to me using one of these uh, gift sub tokens or something. Maybe you're given a token and you can give that sub anywhere you like. Is that the case? Yeah, you can use it anywhere. Oh, I guess, but you have to be watching in the GTA section to be given one of these, and then you'd assume that a person would be most likely to use it on a GTA creator. I think it's pretty cool, and I do wonder if Rockstar is going to continue doing this sort of community support stuff, be further involved with supporting influencers and people who make content surrounding their games. Uh, it's a good development. It's obviously not targeting anything that I specifically do, but it's tangential to me. But even if it didn't have any benefit to me, I'd still be happy for all those gaining such benefits think it's pretty cool. Rockstar W. They're having a few of those lately. Along with the integration that Twitch had with Rockstar, they also apparently added two emotes. Twitch has launched two new global emotes, GTA Camera and GTA Fest. Can you guys use these emotes right now? You can? Are they even a little bit animated? That's interesting. I mean, they're not the greatest emotes of all time, but uh, also showing again Rockstar's interest in doing more of this stuff. The game theorists did not understand GTA 5 story at all. I spent the entire day today making a video that I did not expect to make and therefore it was made fairly hastily and I hope I didn't end up repeating myself incessantly but let me explain. So the game theorist released a video titled Game Theory GTA 6 spoiled its entire story in the trailer. Now the premise of that I think is fairly silly. The idea that you can get the entirety of a story from a trailer that lasted a minute and a half and was largely just shots overhead and different scenes, it's like, there was like, what, 33 words in the entire trailer. This, to me, is just clickbait nonsense. It's like, well, GTA 6 is popular, let's rush out a video that no one can directly refute because the game hasn't come out yet. But unfortunately, for me and the game theorists, they decided to briefly summarize the GTA 5 story in the video. Nothing of what they said was correct. <laughs> Which obviously you can see the humor in that. It's like, we understand law so much. We can, we, we're just so smart. We can understand the entire story of a game that hasn't released yet by uh, just looking at this trailer. Oh, by the way, this game that released 10 years ago, one of the most popular games of all time, a game that has been law mined to death by so many people. Yeah, we don't understand that story. We are incapable of understanding that story. But a trailer though for a game that hasn't released that, that we can do. Very silly. So, I talked about this on Twitter. Having seen the summary of GTA 5 story by Matt Pat, I need to ask, did he even play the game? He says here, Michael's friends thought he was dead, but instead he made a deal with the FBI and went into witness protection. There is not a single part of that sentence that is correct. And so this is eight seconds. It's, it's a little bit longer in the actual video, but uh, this is the eight seconds that was sent to me and how I became aware of the video. GTA 5 was all about Michael lying about who he was. His friends thought he was dead, but instead he'd made a deal with the FBI and went into witness protection. And when Awful. So I continue, GTA 6's popularity will no doubt inspire endless amounts of these videos that are made by people who have little care or interest in the source material. I left a comment explaining the story errors. So I thought it would just end with me leaving a comment because, you know, I have stuff to do today. I, I would be fine just being like, here's a comment and it would get some upvotes. And so people who actually gave a shit about what is true could just read my comment and I could just do everything I was meant to do today. But unfortunately, that didn't end up happening as I continue here. 
My comment correcting MatPat's GT5 slash GT6 error is not viewable, so I'll put this video here. We learned today that the game theorists will make videos on games they know nothing about and have no interest in, simply because they are popular. That's the business, I guess. And so I, I put a small clip here. So MatPat released a video with a summary of the GTA 5 story that is entirely incorrect. GTA 5 was all about Michael lying about who he was. His friends thought he was dead, but instead he made a deal with the FBI and went into witness protection. And when the so obviously none of that is correct. He even said FBI rather than FIB, showing that potentially he never ha he's never played the game himself. Like this is just some script that's been put in front of his face and he's going to read it regardless of how true it is. Uh, I left a comment, you know, saying that this is uh, not true and I explained the story. But unfortunately, my comment has been, uh, you know, potentially picked up by an automated system, but also potentially just uh, muted. Uh, maybe I'm just muted on the channel, I'm not sure. But uh, I just want to say I'm thankful to all the people who are... Uh, I'll leave in comments saying, hey, yo, uh, what, he's not in witness protection. What are you talking about? That doesn't make sense in the story. It's explained in explicit detail why he's not in witness protection. There was like a, let me, let me see here. There was a 30 minute summary of all the dialogue that proves Michael was never in witness protection. These guys just not play the games that they make videos on. So I decided to spend my day making a video about this because why not? It is something I'm known for, being like, hey, when Michael was not in witness protection, da 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 da. And uh, so I made this video. The game theorists still don't understand GT5 story. I do take a shot at MatPat at the end of it, and I, I kind of question whether I should have done that, but I mean, he did sell his company. Small note. In an interview, MatPat does say that he still has creative control. It doesn't justify the inaccuracy though. Yeah, exactly. But how much creative control? So at the end, I do take a shot at MatPat, and I don't know if I really should have, but there does seem to be a tendency of people selling their channels, and suddenly those channels shoving up clickbait videos that are poorly researched, not produced because there's some passion or interest or knowledge in the topic, but because they, the videos will just do well and get views. That is a lot of YouTube, I'm not naive, but it's obviously not a good thing, and people should be criticized when that's seemingly overtly happening. See, that's basically what I spent the entire day on. Will the video be good? As I'm largely retreading the ground that I made in other videos that I've explained better in other videos, probably not. Did I enjoy making it? To a degree. But I did have other things I, I wanted to do today. Might not be worth the potential drama. I don't really care about what associations I have with any larger creators. I guess it goes to show that it doesn't matter how popular a video becomes, it's never gonna reach everyone. But like, how separated do you need to be from anything related to Grand Theft Auto that in the last upteenth years, you've never heard that Michael wasn't in witness protection. Like, it's a meme. It's a meme that people continuously reference. That people reference in other GTA material. Kind of nuts. Someone questioned why I'm negative all the time, which I don't think I am. I'm critical of some people on rare occasions. But to this I responded, The GTA community has spent the last 10 years having people make wild outlandish videos about the franchise entirely to generate clicks and revenue with no care about the truth of what they're saying. Channels clickbaiting popular franchises they care nothing about are cancer. Brutal. Epic Games doesn't want me to say violent things. I have talked to you guys before about how Fortnite, Epic Games, are one of my favorite sponsors to have. Because I really like playing Fortnite, but I don't have much of a reason to in terms of uh, my business. And uh, I've got so much other stuff going on that I can't really just take the time to play to the same degree that I once did a long time ago. Like, it was my casual, chill game that I would play on stream, like, after speedruns and stuff, and I would play with my viewers, and it's nice to jump back into the game, so whenever Epic Games will sponsor me to play it, I'm like, you go, let's go, let's play some games. And I'm pretty good at it, too. At least the no build. Like, I, I was decent at building back when everyone was bad, but now that I'm way out of it, like, I can't keep up with the building from these kids, so 
I, 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 can, I can just play the shooting in the no build and my skills at GTA 5 do translate over somewhat and so I can uh, beat people. Nevertheless though, there was an interesting requirement of the most recent sponsorship that I had where they said to me, they didn't want me using the word kill in any capacity or in any context. And then I realized like, it does actually say eliminations in the game. It doesn't say kill or kills anywhere. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. The word elimination in this context means kill. The exact same information is communicated within the context in which those words are used. They are interchangeable. They are synonyms. But I guess it highlights again this sort of uh, irrational way that we treat language, where we imbue certain words with additional connotations beyond their meaning. Where we judge words not merely on the basis of the meaning actually being communicated, but also like the, I guess you could say, cultural context, the, the societal standing of the word itself. And so kill could have a more uh, uh, emotional response than the word el elimination, you know? So I can understand on some level why they might want this changed or want to disassociate in some way for branding reasons or something. But understanding doesn't make it so that I think it's any less silly. You know, when I edited my most recent Fortnite video, it ended up being about 20 minutes. And within that 20 minutes, I said kill 16 times, often in the middle of a joke. At one point in time, I said, I guess I killed that kid just like I dreamed <laughs> or something. I was like, yeah, I guess I got to cut out all 16 times I said kill. Like maybe like five of them I could keep in and just remove the word kill. But the other like 11, I basically had to remove a joke. I was like, wow, the video is now worse. And I was like, that's, that's really unfortunate. The video is still fine, but it's definitely worse for those removals. I gotta be more careful, I guess, next time I have a Fortnite sponsorship. But I suppose if I continue to play Fortnite my own time casually, which I might, I'll say kill as much as I like. <laughs> I stand by my opinions on Vinland Saga season two. So on my Rambles channel, I released a fairly unpopular video. Vinland Saga season two was a massive disappointment. It's a 22 minute video. I didn't realize I ranted that much has 577 likes and 162 dislikes. This video only got 7.3K views, showing that my audience does not particularly like my takes on anime or like has no interest in them rather. I will say though, people wrote very long comments arguing against the perspective that I put in the video. And I want all those people to know that I read a significant amount of them and I held back so strongly arguing against them because I wholeheartedly disagree with everything that they say. They're like, man, you just didn't understand, bro. You just got such a surface level understanding of the story. No, 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 that wasn't it. It's, it's like what he says here. Yes, the farmer's still fighting after seeing the soldiers kill everyone effortlessly made no sense and neither does Kettle's pride. That's the point. I understand what the, the author was trying to do, but how he tried to achieve that was having the characters do things that made no sense. That, that, was, that was my main criticism. It wasn't a lack of understanding of what he was, wanted to do with the story, is that how he sought to achieve it made no sense. If your story requires you just your characters just, just act stupidly for reasons that are not well established, it's, it's, it's not good. I don't care about the intention of the author. It's still bad. The one defense I'll accept of season two is when people said, look, a lot of it is setting up season three. So there are some criticisms that you have that are less relevant if season three comes out. I'm like, okay, that is in entirely possible. But I still think that season two should stand on its own and not require additional supplemental uh, supplementary material for it to not be bad. So I want to apologize to all these people who wrote all this stuff if they expected a response, because as much as I really want to make one, I know no one really cares and I'm not going to do it. But at the end of the day, you're wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was underwhelmed by the movie Rain Man. 
So I've talked before how I have never seen the movie Rain Man. It came out in like 1988, I think. I'd always heard it was an amazing movie and something that I should definitely watch one day. And I finally had nothing else to watch. I'm like, I'm going to watch this movie. Now, my impression of the movie was that it was about card counting and blackjack and the drama surrounding that in, you know, back then or whatever, when the rules were a bit more lax, security isn't as good as it is today. And so it's, it was easier to get away with, but it obviously still was frowned upon by casinos. Watching the movie, it had like five minutes of blackjack in it. As I said here on Twitter, I just watched Rain Man 1988. For my entire life, it was referenced as a classic amazing movie about blackjack and card counting. In reality, it was two hours and 10 minutes of boring travel and phone calls with like five minutes of blackjack. You are all liars, why would you do this? I understand one of the main characters had a disorder that caused him to do things that were very annoying for Tom Cruise's character. I understand that was part of the movie, but I also personally found all those things also annoying. I, I didn't find anything interesting about the movie. I just found a lot of it to be really annoying. And I do not understand why it is considered such a classic. Like I've watched a lot of classic movies, like Shawshank Redemption is one of my favorite movies of all time. You know, Back to the Future is pretty old, that's another one. I've watched like really old classics, like 12 Angry Men, and that was also a good movie. So it's not like I'm just against movies that were made before I was born or something. This just didn't seem particularly interesting to me. I felt like not a lot happened, and there was a lot of just random filler that didn't seem to matter all that much. I'm not even sure to what degree they super bonded by the end. A, a little bit, which is nice, but it just didn't really have anything to grip me, you know? So honestly, I think the movie, bit overhyped. Unfortunate. Scott the Woz picked the worst ending of GTA 5. So Scott the Woz released a video titled The Best Games of All Time. And within that video, Scott the Woz accidentally showcased what ending he chose for GTA 5. As Kane says here, Scott Wozniak chose to kill Trevor in GTA 5. To which I said, brave of him to post such an L. And like people pointed out that Ned Luke also chose to kill Trevor, but like, that's, that's fine. I mean, he, he's Michael, so that makes sense. <laughs> but obviously ending C is the best ending. And you'd think after all this time, most people would have heard that ending C is the best ending and ending C doesn't result in just killing Franklin. So why would anyone pick to kill Trevor when it's the less interesting ending? And ending C, of course, is the canon ending as well. Bit of an L. Scott the Woz, still a good dude though. Still makes good content. I approve. To get the best ending for this video, you need to like and subscribe. Thank you for watching, and I wish you all the best.